At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous final hour of the show as we are going to be joined by Brandon Anderson. In the final hour here in about 30 minutes, does a great job over there at the Action Network taking a look at the game of basketball. We're going to be taking a look at a few NBA futures with him. We're going to be taking a look at some MLB action that we're going to be seeing on Sunday as well. So we've got you guys covered with a little bit of everything. And a big thanks in the last two segments to our last two guests as Eric Moody does a great job over there at ESPN taking a look at both football and also the fantasy side of things as well, not just football as well, as I know that he does a lot in terms of the NBA, so tremendous to be able to get him aboard, and tremendous to get Mikhail Miranda, actually the audio engineer of this show as well, for being able to break down what we're going to be seeing in the French Grand Prix that is going to be coming up Sunday morning, so big thanks to both of those gentlemen for joining me. Now let's take a look at a little bit of what we're going to be getting on the diamond for Sunday. How about if we first wind up dusting up a final that we wound up seeing a little bit earlier on in the night. We wound up seeing the San Francisco Giants wind up falling to the LA Dodgers by a count of 4-2 as Julio Ruiz wound up looking very solid for the Dodgers in this one. Total of 8 winds up going under and more significantly than that. If you're taking a look at the Dodgers right now they have now won 63 games this season. All but 7 of those have been by multiple runs. I do think that that's a big betting angle to take a look at for Sunday as we do have 909-910 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants on the road against the Dodgers to be able to polish up this series. Clayton Kershaw going to be going for the Dodgers, and Alex Cobb is on the bump for San Francisco and the Giants. Find them between plus 175 and plus 185 underdogs with the Dodgers. It is anywhere between minus $2 and minus 210. And the way that I take a look at it is pretty much Giants money line or pass. I need at least a plus 190 to take a shot here on the Giants, and I am not seeing it. And with the Dodgers, right now you're funding their run line at pretty much even money across the board. And I was willing to take the Dodgers as long as I was laying a minus 105 or better. So even if we wind up seeing a little bit of a five-cent move on the run line, I'd still be willing to take a shot on the Dodgers. And I do think that being able to find these teams in which you're able to reduce the juice on is very big in Major League Baseball because when it comes down to it, you're going to have a lot of teams that they're going to be finding themselves as either big favorites or big underdogs after the trade deadline. It's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be selling, a lot of teams that are going to be buying, and a big reason why the Dodgers have been relatively solid in terms of being able to cover the run line this season is that the, shall we say, smaller names 
of the bullpen have been able to step up. Guys like Evan Phillips, Yancey Almonte have been able to post up sub-two ERAs. Heck, Reyes Maranta, the former San Francisco Giant, he's been able to do a solid job. While Craig Kimbrell and guys like that have been faltering a little bit, you've been able to have these guys firing on all cylinders. It is why the Dodgers are currently number two in the National League in terms of bullpen ERA. And for the Giants, it's been the absolute opposite for them this season. They did wind up getting rid of Maranta, who I wound up mentioning a little bit earlier. And for the San Francisco Giants last year, a reason why they were able to make their run, the reason why they were able to cash all those plus prices for them to be able to win the division, their bullpen was the best in the big leagues. They were the only team in Major League Baseball that wound up posting up a sub-3 ERA this year, 22nd in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. That is a massive issue for them. So I do have a little bit of trepidation here with the San Francisco Giants. Now, with Alex Cobb, very intriguing circumstance with him because he's been better than the raw numbers that you take a look at with him. If you take a look at it, he's been giving up an ERA that is hovering right around about a four-ish. It's been very much an up-and-down season with a three and four record, but his fielding independent indicates that he should see some positive progression. He has a fielding independent of three, more than a full point lower than his ERA, and it makes sense. He's given up only about two and a half walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, 8.7. That's actually the second best of his career, and he's keeping the ball in the yard. He has given up a little bit over a half a home run per nine innings, four bombs, given up in 70 and a third innings. Actually, five bombs, given up in 70 and a third innings, but certainly has been able to do a good job holding down the fourth there, but just been getting really unlucky on balls put in play, and you know a team that's able to put the ball in play? That'd be the L.A. Dodgers. Now, you need a little bit more out of Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger. These two guys are having seasons to forget, but the rest of this lineup has been very formidable, as you've got Trey Turner, who has been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base, along with Freddie Freeman. Both of those guys hitting above a 300. Both of these guys, coupled with Will Smith as well, all three have been able to slug out 14-plus home runs this season. Freeman, he was able to notch number 15, a long trade turner on Saturday. So these guys are coming in relatively hot, but I mean, it's all about Mookie Betts. I recognize that right now the favorite for NL MVP in a lot of spots is Paul Goldschmidt, but what Betts has been able to do just with his all-round game has been amazing. One of the, one of the better fielders they're able to find in Major League Baseball, hitting a 270, 22 home runs at the leadoff spot. Guy is just unlimited versatility. It feels like even when he's not slugging out home runs, he knows how to be able to impact a game in one way or another, and I think that that's just so invaluable for the team. And for the San Francisco Giants, they're dealing with an injury to Jock Peterson, and they legitimately have two guys that are starting that have been able to give the team 10-plus home runs thus far this season, Darren Ruff and Wilmer Flores, and just a lot of guys that they're not doing a great job of being able to get on base. Evan Longoria, Flores... Jock Peterson, who wound up pinch hitting all these guys in between about a 243 to about a 250-ish. But for the San Francisco Giants, it feels like the fact that they're in the top five in the big leagues in terms of runs per game, it has been a little bit smoke and mirrors to this point. This has just not been an offense that has been too prolific. And truth be told, a little bit of this is because Gabe Kapler does a very good job of being able to platoon. He knows the right guy for the right situation. But it feels like this is a San Francisco Giants team that has been a little bit fortunate in terms of the runs that they've been able to generate. I do think that that is going to be coming to an end towards the second half of the season. I do think that the Dodgers just have the big time advantage with Clayton Kershaw being able to go out there. He has looked absolutely incredible for this team down the stretch. He winds up being able to pitch the all-star game in his home ballpark and posting up a 2-1-3 ERA. Strikeout numbers are down a little bit this season, but down for him is right around 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. He's been giving up right around a half home run per nine innings, pinpoint accuracy, one and a half walks per nine innings. I like the LA Dodgers being able to win this game by multiple runs. They're backed up by the better bullpen. They've got the better starting pitcher. They've got the better lineup. So I'm going to be willing to trust the Dodgers on the run line once again. They have proven that they are worthy of laying the run and a half as they've been able to win all but seven of their 63 wins by two plus runs. And heck, even if it winds up not inning, instead of losing $2 on the money line, instead you wind up losing an even money run line, that saves you in the long term as well because if you're betting the Dodgers on the money line thus far this season, if you bet them on the money line in every one of their games, and right now you're hitting over 66% of your bets, 63 and 30, you're barely above even. You've been able to make a couple bucks this season, but not too much. Meanwhile, if you're betting the run line, 
you're up more than $1,000. So I do think that that is something that is very key to look at. So taking a look at the Dodgers on the money line and or on the run line, I should say. And I bottom saying my total at a 7.9 here at an 8. I'd be willing to take a look at an under as well. This is a game that I mentioned a little bit earlier. We hadn't seen a lot of numbers up for this one. Now we've got more numbers up on it. How about if we wind up going 9-11, 9-12 on the bang board? Washington Nationals, they hit the road. They're going to be facing off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Corbin Martin is going to be going for the Diamondbacks. And Eric Fetty, I always like to call him Eric Fetty Wap, is going to be going for the Washington Nationals with the Diamondbacks. They're between about a minus 114 to a minus 115-ish favorite. And with the Nationals, find them between even money and plus 105. 9.5 is your total. The under is minus 120 and the over is even. I think it's important to take a look at the minor league numbers of Corbin Martin because this is going to be his first pitching appearance at the major league level since the early month of May. And with Corbin Martin, he saw a couple starts last season at the big league level, but this is going to be his first start this season. Wanted saying much of the season at the AAA level. And at AAA, he wound up posting up a 5-10 ERA. Now, that could be a little bit misleading because he seems out west. They do wind up playing in the PCL for a lot of their AAA teams, and the PCL, it is notorious for being a juice ball league that is played in a bunch of humid climates like lovely Las Vegas, or you wind up having, shall we say, elevation like you wind up finding in the great state of New Mexico, Albuquerque, places like that. So I do think that that needs to be layered into this as well. But with that said, at AAA Reno this season, a 5-10 ERA, give it up about 1.4 home runs, Per nine innings. That said, I mean, this is a case in which the Arizona Diamondbacks should be much more empty than a minus 115-ish favor because the Washington Nationals right now just stink. I mean, I wish I could put it a little bit more professionally, but this team stinks. They are right now dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. We have seen everyone aside from one, so it'll go straight down the toilet bowl. In terms of their offensive numbers, I'll give Josh Bell a little bit of credit as well. Sitting above a 300, he's been able to give this team 13 home runs. He's been able to do a solid job. And for Juan Soto, sitting right around at 375 over the last three weeks, this man is playing like a man that wants to be traded for a King's Ransom and wants to be able to join a contender right now. But take a look at these guys like Kiber Ruiz, Cesar Hernandez, Mikel Franco. These are guys that were hitting much, much better three weeks ago as compared to now. They've got no bullpen whatsoever. Victor Arano, Steve Ciszek, Kyle Finnegan. Insert your bullpen arm here. They're all pitching with a 375 ERA or greater. Meanwhile, with the Arizona Diamondbacks, at the very least, you've got someone like Joe Manatipoli, Kyle Smith, guys like this that are able to give you a sub-3 ERA. They're able to give you a little bit of something. And for Eric Fetty, he's got a 540 road ERA. He's given up right around four walks per nine innings. Been able to do an okay job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, but even that aspect of his game is not necessarily so great. And going up against an Arizona Diamondbacks team that, truth be told, they're not generating the same amount of power at home as they are on the road. They're averaging actually a little bit more than a home run and a half per game at home. And then on the road, this winds up sliding to more like 0.9. But self Christian Walker being able to give you a little bit over 20 home runs thus far this season. Washington Nationals team that I believe that they have now lost 12 out of their last 15 games. It has certainly been unsightly to take a look at this bunch. They wound up having to throw out their Anibal Sanchez for a start on Saturday. And it went about as well as you could imagine. And Anibal Sanchez are going at minus 115. Want to take a shot on the Diamondbacks with having Corbin Martin out there along with Eric Fetty. I'm going to take an over of a 9.5 as well. And coming next, we're going to be diving into a little bit more of what we're going to be finding on the MLB board for Sunday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And taking a look at where we're going to be getting on the MLB card for Sundays. Right now, we've got just one game that is remaining for Saturday. And if you're taking a look at a live bet, you don't necessarily have a lot of options here as the A's wind up just grounding out in the bottom of the eighth inning, and we've been seeing like 100 million billion men straight at its scoring position in this game. But as of right now, it is the Oakland A's. They're currently in the lead by kind of 3-1 to one on the Walker Texas Rangers going into the top of the ninth inning. So last call for Texas as they find themselves 10-1 to one to be able to come back in this one. I mean, I would not be willing to lay minus 2,100 on the A's to be able to get it done here. But that said, not a lot to be able to take a look at because I also would need more than 10 to 1 to be able to take a shot on the Texas Rangers right now. So we will leave that as it is. And instead, take a look at Sunday with this matchup to try to find a little bit of money there as we do wind up going towards the bottom of the board. 925, 926 on the betting board. This is Sunday's A's versus Texas Rangers game and a... Battle of guys that are currently being shopped around in the trade market as you got Martin Perez is going to be going for the Texas Rangers and Paul Blackburn is going to be walking the plank for Oakland. Oakland is finding themselves an underdog of anywhere between plus 105 and plus 120, anywhere between minus 124 and minus 130. Your price on Texas, 7.5 to 8 is your total. We're seeing a straight 8 at the south point and pretty much the rest of the market showing a 7.5. And I do think that this is a relatively good spot to be able to take a look at the A's if you wind up getting this up to right around a minus or up to right around a plus 120 with Paul Blackburn. You just take a look at his home and road splits. And it's been very intriguing because the Oakland A's have been one of the best under teams in or one of the best, shall we say, pitcher friendly ballparks out there in all of baseball. Not necessarily the world's greatest under team at home, but a lot of that is because this has been a pitching staff that in general has not necessarily been too great, but Paul Blackburn has been relatively solid, but a buck 88 road area compared to a 675 home area. It's absolutely baffling as he's given up more than two home runs for an eye in inning. So a little bit of this is because he's been stuck with a few more of the day games out there in Oakland. And when it comes to the Oakland A's, their day games, well, they wind up being a little bit different than the games that you wind up seeing at night. So and it's certainly something to take a look at because you don't have the marine layer that's out. This is going to be more around a 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time first pitch rather than a lot of the games that you wind up seeing at like 6, 7 o'clock. And that winds up hurting a little bit more fly ball pitchers. And Paul Blackburn, a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy. Martin Perez is a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy. And with Perez, he has been starting to give up the deep ball a little bit more. I've had to devalue Martin Perez a little bit more recently because in his first 95 innings of the season, he had given up two home runs all season. He has given up five home runs over the course of his last 22 innings pitch. So that is a little bit of a reversal. That does need to be noted. And for the Texas Rangers, the bullpen has been struggling a little bit ever since Brock Burke wound up going out with a little bit of an injury, or I should say, 
ever since Joe Barlow wound up going out with a little bit of an injury as Brock Burke is someone that has been able to do a solid job for the Texas Rangers team. But on top of that, Dennis Santana, he has been not necessarily looking like himself recently along Garrett Richards. Both of these guys, they've been having their struggles. And then on the flip side for the Oakland A's, they did wind up having to use up some of their more trustworthy pitchers as right now, Zach Jackson, one of their top players with regards to being able to come out of the bullpen. He's in the game and Sam Ball, another guy with a sub three ERA. He wound up getting used up in the previous inning, but we also do have a pair of other guys. AJ Puck, He's been able to do a solid job along Domingo Acevedo. Both of these guys have been able to post up a sub-3 ERA with Acevedo. He did wind up getting used up for 25 pitches as well. That is a little bit of an issue. But with the Oakland A's, all of a sudden, you're starting to find a little bit more offense with this team. Seth Brown, Sean Murphy, Ramon Laureano all have at least 10 home runs for the team. It doesn't sound like much, but you know, with the Oakland A's, as a collective ring below the Mendoza line of 200, so they'll take any small win that they're able to get. And for the Texas Rangers, you've got relatively balanced power in this lineup. Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, Adolis Garcia, Cole Calhoun, Jonah Heim, all these guys between 11 and 15 home runs this season. You don't really have anyone other than Corey Seager, who's been really able to pop off and have a big year. Seager, 22 bombs this far this season. Been able to do a very solid job of being able to move the line. And you got quite a few guys in between about a 245 to, we're going to call it, a 262 in Heim, a couple with Charlie Culberson, Seeger, Marcus Simeon, all these guys. So it's been a very balanced lineup. But that said, with the Oakland A's, bullpen has actually been looking a little bit better recently. And with the Texas Rangers, then a bullpen that ever since you did wind up seeing the ailments wind up happening with this team, it has hurt them. You wind up having Matt Moore wind up getting knocked out for tomorrow's game because he winds up throwing 35 pitches in this one as well. And Martin Perez starting to give up a little bit more hard contact as well. I would need at least a plus 117 to be able to take a shot on the Oakland A's, but right now I'm seeing as high as a plus 120 out there on the board. If this is the case, I'd be willing to take a shot here on the Oakland A's, and this is also a game in which I think that you're going to have a pair of teams that, shall we say, have been struggling a little bit on offense, continue their struggle with the A's. I mean, once again, they're hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 at home. They have been the worst scoring team at home this season, worst batting average team at home this season. So at a seven and a half, I'd be willing to take a look at an under. And hey, if you're able to get an eight, even better there. So looking at an under and looking at the Oakland A's as well. And something else I'm going to be taking a look at. How about the early game? This is going to be the game that we wind up finding on Peacock, 9.05 a.m. Pacific, 12.05 p.m. Eastern time. First pitch on this one. 9:01, 9:02 on the betting board is the Phillies and the Cubs with Bailey Falter hoping to not falter for Philadelphia. Andrew Smiley is going to be going for the Cubs. And right now we're seeing these 10s that we wound up seeing a little bit earlier start to turn to 10 and a half in terms of the total on this game. This actually opened up at 9 and a half and we have seen this go up and up and up and right now with the Phillies, they open up right around a minus 145 favorite. You're not finding them anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140, while the Cubs, they are settling in as anywhere between about a plus 115 to a plus 124 underdog right now at DraftKings. Find them more in the neighborhood about a plus 115 to a plus 120. And when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies, I do think that they're going to be able to avoid the sweep now. Been a pair of games in which did not wind up going their way to begin the series. They wound up giving up the 15 runs. On Friday, I want to make them the DK and Asia pick on that Friday. I regretted that one very much so when Kyle Gibson wanted giving up some runs. But that said, it is a Cubs team that they've been able to do a better job in terms of the bullpen. I think that that is the reason why we've seen the Cubs be able to do a solid job here in the first few games of the series. As you take a look at the Chicago Cubs bullpen, and we're going to call it the last five and a half-ish weeks. We're looking from June 17th on. This is a Chicago Cubs bullpen that is fifth in the big leagues in terms of ERA at a 293. So they've actually come in and they've been able to do a solid job. Rowan Wick has been a hot mess for the team all season long, along with Daniel Norris. But you've had Scott Efres, Michael Givens, couple with even someone like David Robertson be able to come in, give you guys a sub three ERA. So he's been relatively solid. And then with the Cubs, you don't have a lot of power. But that said, you've got Wilson Contreras who's been able to give the team 14 home runs. Patrick Wisdom has been able to go deep 17 times as well. Now with Patrick Wisdom as well, he is on base to be able to give you a good hearty 200 strikeouts this season, but has been able to supply the deep ball. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, the offense, not the issue with this team. They wound up having a little bit of a tough time putting up runs in the first two games of the series, but you've got good balance in terms of this lineup. Odubo Herrera, JT Riumito, Reese Hoskins, Nick Cassianos, all guys hitting between about a 240 to a 255 
in terms of their batting average. And then you got Kyle Schwarber, only a 207, but 30 home runs thus far this season. So he certainly has been able to supply the boom. Reese Hoskins seems to be regressing a little bit, but still north of 15 home runs, still doing a solid job of being able to move the line as well. Got to figure that the Phillies are starting to miss their main hitter and Bryce Harper a little bit, but still with the Philadelphia Phillies over the last 35 days, this is also the top bullpen in terms of ERA as well. Brian Hand, along with Sir Anthony Dominguez, have been able to do a very solid job for the team. Both wound up getting used on Saturday, but both for 17 pitches or fewer. You've got Corey Canable, who did not wind up going into the game yesterday as well. He's formed himself into a nice seventh inning guy for this team. So I do think that you still have a little bit of value here with the Philadelphia Phillies, even with Bailey Falter being the guy that is going to be taking the mound, especially with Drew Smiley and his home run issues on the other side for the Chicago Cubs, giving up a little bit over a home run and a half per nine innings. The command has actually been very solid for Drew Smiley. He's only given up right around two walks per nine innings. So he's been able to do a nice job being able to come in, be able to lend a little bit of length. But that said, he's also been injured for much of the season as well. We haven't seen him too much really since the month of May. This is going to be, I believe, start number three for him since coming off of the injured list. And when it comes to Bailey Falter at the big league level thus far this season, 482 ERA, the big bugaboo with him has been the home run ball, giving up right around two home runs per nine innings. But take a look at what he's been able to do at the minor league level thus far this season, and it's been very encouraging. Buck 56 ERA in the seven starts that he's wound up making, half a home run per nine innings, 10 strikeouts per nine. He's got really good stuff. Just been a case of which he has been maneuvered with many different times, going from the minor league level to the major league level, going from a long reliever to a starter. If he can find a little bit more of a set role, I think that that's going to be able to help him out. And I do think that he is starting to find a little bit of a home as well. And I think that that's going to be big in general for Barely Falter moving forward because I do like his raw stuff. I do think that he's going to be able to find it in this start. So I do take a look at the Phillies and I think that they've got a little bit of value. I was willing to lay up to a minus 144 with them. So take a look there and I think that we've gotten a little bit out of whack with this total, especially with the 10 and a half that we're seeing. Going to be taking a look at the under and going to be taking a look at the Phillies. And coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit of the NBA as joining me, we've got Brandon Anderson. Does a great job with the Action Network. So we take a look at the association next right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter during the Burn in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools, fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action. Blue Moon, made brighter, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As always, please do drink responsibly as well as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa and the Esports Betting Network and great to be joined by Brandon Anderson. He does a great job taking a look at the game of basketball over there at the Action Network and Brandon, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk some basketball. I am as well and Always excited to be talking to a gentleman from the Midwest. So that is always something nice as well. And Brandon, first things first, before we wind up diving into anything that you fired on in terms of the futures market, did you wind up having any takeaways from Summer League? Because I know that there was a lot of hot takes out there on social media when it comes to Chet Holmgren going from being a future top 10 player of all time to being a guy who's going to be worse than Darko Milicic. So that was always a lot of fun. But did you wind up having any takeaways from what we wound up seeing out here in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, summer league is a lot of you see what you what you thought before. It's a lot of confirmation bias. If you love Chad Holmgren, then the only game that matters is that first game. He blocked shots. He hit the threes. He brought the ball up. Those other games, you know, like he he was tired. It was a long week. It's Vegas. It's hot there. Paolo Boncaro. He's he's firing passes all over the court. He's hitting the shots. He's looking good. Yeah, the turnovers. You know, the teammates aren't very good. You, you kind of see what you're looking for. Really, you're looking for flashes. Paolo looked great. Chet looked great. Keegan Murray obviously looked really good. Uh, I think basically what we saw is the guys who got drafted high, they're the right guys. They're the guys that should have been drafted high. So we had that first instant reaction where Chet had the initial big game and immediately became the rookie of the year favorite. My takeaway from that was I got some good value betting on Paolo Boncaro, who I thought was the rookie of the year favorite, and think even more so of that coming away out of summer league. 
Yep, I agree with you there. As right now, Paul Boncaro, you're finding him a little bit south of $4 in a lot of spots. I know that some places you were able to find them right around $4 when you wind up seeing Chet Holmgren Mania wind up blowing up as well. So that's certainly interesting to take a look at. But I know you're also taking a look on top of Rookie of the Year at Defensive Player of the Year. And many people were thinking that this guy was going to be a contender for MVP as well. Lion season, he wanted finishing number two, and that would be Joel Embiid. Take me through just being able to find him in terms of defensive player of the year, a little bit of a different category than we wanted seeing him up for last season. Yeah, so I love what the Philadelphia 76ers did this offseason. Daryl Morey, he just needed a little time, needs some time to bring in who else is going to fit around James Harden and Joel Embiid on the roster. Well, we got our answer. P.J. Tucker, defensive superstar. We know he's a 16-gamer. He's going to begin the playoffs. He raises defenses potential. De'Anthony Melton, big pickup for them. Daniel House, good 3 and D wing. These are good, ready-made defenders who are going to come in. And I think Philadelphia has a chance, really, to be among the best, maybe the best defense in the NBA. If you look at Defensive Player of the Year, usually, not last year, last year with Marcus Smart was an outlier, but usually you basically just need to find a top-five defense and pick their best defender, usually a big man, that's going to be Joel Embiid. So I don't know that Embiid is going to be suddenly this amazing, better defender than ever this year. But Defensive Player of the Year is really a team award. And I think the Sixers defense is going to be great. Uh, we'll come back to them. I, I have a lot of Sixers regular season angles. And I think, too, with Embiid, I'm not sure he's ever going to get that MVP award. But Defensive Player of the Year would be a really nice consolation prize to give a guy that's been a great defender his whole career. So uh, you're getting him. I've seen him still at 30 to 1 at some places. I think that line is way too long. Yep. And just taking a look at the Philadelphia 76ers in general, I know that you've got quite a few takes on them with regards to some odds, some props, what have you. Take me through this because right now, in terms of the odds board, in terms of odds to be able to win the Eastern Conference, we're right now fighting them at number four. I think it's hard to go against the Celtics and the Bucks right now, but I would put them a little bit ahead of the Miami Heat personally. With the Nets, it's just a cluster i we're just gonna leave it at cluster <laughs> right now with them i have no idea what to make out of it but it's not necessarily so great but that said i think that it's interesting to take a look at them and a lot of places with regards to season wins they're going to be probably setting them right around 50 51 somewhere in that neighborhood yeah i'm looking to take the regular season 76ers i don't know if i want to put my money on the playoff sixers we have not seen Joel Embiid make a deep playoff run and stay healthy. I know that these are some freak injuries, but you know at some point that matters. We haven't seen James Harden make that big, deep playoff run. He made the finals like a decade ago. He's, he's had some good runs, better than people give credit for. I don't want my money in on them on the playoffs just yet. Regular season, though, for a regular season team, when I especially look at an over-under, look at a division play, the main thing I want is defense and depth. And does the defense, defense will travel. Defense is going to show up from game to game and keep the floor high for a team. And because I love Philadelphia's defense and the, these depthy guys that they've added, I love, yeah, I've seen the, the 50 and a half. I love that over. I think if things go right and if Harden and Embiid stay healthy enough, I think this team could approach 60 wins if they stay healthy in the division too. I'm seeing like around a plus 275 on the division. To me, if they're as good as I expect them to be, that's sort of a head-to-head bet against uh, probably against just Boston, assuming Brooklyn does trade Kevin Durant and hopefully not to Toronto if you got the division bet. But just Philadelphia, you know, Boston's going to be good. And I might rather have Boston in the playoffs. That's how we're being priced right now. But I like betting on this Philadelphia team in the regular season. Yep, and I know that there's another team that you're taking a look at, which health, it's going to be paramount for them. And that would be the Denver Nuggets. I know that you're taking a look at them out there in the Western Conference to be able to pull it out there as a little bit more of a long shot. Right now, I'm finding that at DraftKings right around a plus 850. I know that I've seen it as high as 10 to 1 in a few spots as well. And I think that the Nuggets are the most intriguing team out there because if they deal with the injuries that they wanted to deal with last year, it's tough even with Nikolai Jokic being able to give you like 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks, being the towel boy all at the same time because he had to do everything towards the end of the season. I mean, it really makes it a little bit of a challenge, but as we both know, Jamal Murray, he did not wind up playing last season. We wound up seeing Mr. Porter be out of the fold as well. So I do think that this is an interesting one. Take me through the Denver Nuggets because certainly a team that was riddled with injuries last season. 
Yeah, I'm with exactly what you just said. If you get Jamal Murray back in here and Michael Porter Jr., it's not just that you have these two possible absolute stars coming back in, coming off rest and healthy, where the rest of the NBA is a little bit beat down after a couple grinding seasons through the pandemic. But the main thing, too, is you get those guys back in the starting lineup. That makes Aaron Gordon a little better. That makes Jokic a little better. makes him not have to do quite so much. And those guys last year, like a Jeff Green, Jeff Green was over his head last year. He's doing too much. He should not be the second or third option on your team. Jeff Green as a bench option is a great bench option. And so getting those guys back in the starting lineup makes the other guys more valuable too. I love Contavious Caldwell-Pope as the fifth guy on this team. If you put him out there with Gordon and with the three stars, that might be the most complete five starting and closing five in the NBA Love Bruce Brown, the defense he adds to this team, and the toughness. So I, I like them as a West team. I think that they have as good a shot as anyone in the West. If those guys are healthy, we need to see Michael Porter healthy out there. But I like them in the West. I'm seeing them at near even odds, minus 115 I see in the division. That's basically, to me, probably head-to-head against Minnesota, depending on what you think of them. But I think Denver's going to be very good. Before last year, when obviously they were missing Jamal and, and Michael Porter, They'd played at a 53-win pace or better three years in a row. Jokic is better than ever. Murray and Porter should continue to improve. It's a young team, all hitting its prime. I like Denver a lot. Yep, and then there's another team that you're taking a look at in the West in which health is certainly going to be playing a little bit of a role with them, <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans. As Zion Williamson, he did not wind up hitting the floor last year, and yet he is still going to be making a whole heck of a lot more money than I could ever dream of, so... I'm a little bit jealous there, but with that said, with the Pelicans, they did wind up making a few moves at the deadline, no doubt bringing in C.J. McCollum. That was absolutely huge for them. You wound up seeing a big breakout last year as well from Brandon Ingram as well. So some very good signs for this team. Take me through the Pelicans and what you've all fired on with them. Yeah, I like the Pelicans division, and it's a couple of things. I don't necessarily want just a traditional over here. With the Pelicans, I think that the high could be really high. The low could be very low. So I want to bet on the long tail going up. You know, give me a chance. What if Zion comes back and plays 60, 70 games? Looks like an all-NBA guy like he was the last time we saw him. Ingram looked awesome in the playoffs. CJ McCollum has been really good the last couple of years. Was fantastic in New Orleans. And you play the division. For me, that's a way to fade Dallas and Memphis a little bit. Dallas lost Jalen Brunson. We don't know exactly if that defense is going to hold up like it did last year. Memphis, we've got Jaron Jackson out for the start of the season. They lost a lot of their depth. For me, with New Orleans, it's not just, okay, I don't want to look for the median outcome. I want to play what's the extreme, what's the really high positive if we get there. And I think with New Orleans, if it goes well, it could really go well. It certainly could, and going to be interesting to see how the pieces go together. And Brandon, I know you're doing a great job taking a look at the NBA. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Brandon Anderson. And coming up next, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for Major League Baseball for Sunday right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out, and the pro football guide is going to be coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons because our experts provide profiles on every single team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, best bets on season win totals, sufficient finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides, both of them today, and get access to everything that we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we got you covered wall-to-wall all throughout here on VEASAN, and for those of you guys who are going to be up late night, I will be joining you guys on the look at this week, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be joined by our good friend Jason Kahn, who's actually producing the show tonight. Typically, we've got Brian Ortega. He does an amazing job. Man deserves a little bit of rest. We all deserve a little bit of vacation when it comes to just the grind of a year or so. Good to get Jason aboard here tonight, and he booked a relatively amazing show, so always do appreciate the work of our good friend Jason, and we always appreciate having a great slate of baseball to take a look at. I wind up doing a DK Nation write-up every single day, and this one wound up sending me to the great city of Boston. How about if we wind up going 915-916 on the betting board? It is the Blue Jays on the road taking on the Boston Red Sox. Brian Bello is going to be going for the Sox, and Ross Stripling is going to be going for the Toronto Blue Jays. Your total on this game is 11, the biggest on the board, and with the Blue Jays finding them between a minus 138 and a minus 145 favor. We've seen quite a bit of movement on this game as... When I want it coming on the air, you are finding this more around a minus 135. So this is a number that is starting to balloon quite a bit and starting to get to a point of no return. The minus 135 that I was seeing when I wanted coming on here, this fine program that we were seeing at DraftKings was a little bit more of a play. Once you wind up getting north of 140, I think that it's really getting to a point of no return. But my right up here is actually going to be on the total. I think 11 is a little bit too demonstrative. Brian Bellow has made two starts and... Neither of them necessarily wound up going as planned as he wound up giving up a combined nine runs in eight innings in his first two starts at the Major League Baseball level. But that said, both of those starts wound up coming against the Tampa Bay Rays, so team wound up having a little bit of intel on him. And on top of that, you take a look at what Brian Bellow was able to do at the minor league level. Pretty darn solid. 235 ERA across 16 appearances. Now, he did not wind up going through like the PCL or anything like that. Some of these juice ball leagues, places in which... The humidity is just off the charts or anything like that, but certainly was able to go in and was able to be relatively dominant in terms of his swing and miss stuff as he was able to get a little bit over 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Did a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. The concern that you do have with Brian Bellow is that he is giving up quite a few walks, right around three and a half walks per nine innings at the lower level, but out there with Wisher along with Portland was able to do a very good job all season long with both of those organization so that is a good redeeming quality there and for Ross Stripling he has really been able to turn back the clock like more like 2017-2018 when he wound up being an all-star starter for the LA Dodgers as he's been able to put up a really good we're going to call it last two months or so in his last 11 appearances dating back to late May he's been posting up an ERA that is sub 220 opponents starting at 218 off of him in that time span as well and he has been great with his command. 1.4 walks per nine innings when you're a little bit more of a pitch of contact guy. 
like Ross Stripling, you have to do a solid job with the command, and he certainly has been able to do that. And on top of that, the Toronto Blue Jays have actually been able to get into shape in terms of their bullpen. It's been a relatively rough bullpen this season. As the Blue Jays, they are in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA, but over the last 30 days, they have found themselves in the top 10 in terms of the big leagues, in terms of bullpen ERA. Red Sox, not so much so, but if you take out that massive outlier that we wound up seeing on Friday, where they wind up allowing 28 runs, and it just felt like you should be inserting like the wacky music and what you wind up seeing on all the blooper films, because, I mean, it was just such a bad performance. It hasn't necessarily been too bad. You still have a guy like Eric Housesalmora, who's able to give you some relatively solid innings. Jake Diekman, he wound up getting a little bit of rest on Saturday as well, so these guys should be able to come in and should be able to hold down the fort now. With the Boston Red Sox, certainly a formidable lineup. You've got Flagger Jr. has been able to give you 20 home runs. Bo Bichette has been able to do a solid job as well. He and George Springer between 13 and 17 home runs apiece. George Springer has been able to come online. Alejandro Kirk hanging above a 300 as well. So you certainly have those guys doing a solid job. But for the Red Sox, their mashers, well, they're not necessarily mashing right now. As Rafael Devers, north of 20 home runs, hitting above a 300. He landed on the injured list on Saturday. That is bad news for the team. And then on top of that, J.D. Martinez, he has not played since the All-Star break as well. Someone else that's hitting a little bit above a 300 for the team. Sandra Bogarts has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment as well. So you've got a lot of guys that are injured for the team. And now it's not like it's a triple-A squad or anything like that, but just take a look at the lineup that they wanted trotting out there on Saturday. And this is just not the Boston Red Sox that you know and love. Christian Vasquez, he's been able to do a solid job of being a reach base. He's hitting overall for the season right around 280. But Frachi Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck, Yomer Sanchez, Jeter Downs, Kevin Ploiecki, coupled with what well, you're getting out of Jackie Bradley Jr., all these guys hitting at 219 or lower, all these guys a 292 on base or lower as well. Jaron Duran, he has really been regressing in terms of his batting average as well. And you really don't have anyone in the lineup that has been able to do a great job with regards to power as Andrew Burgards down to right around seven or so home runs this season. Alex Verdugo is not much of a power bat as well. So this is the Boston Red Sox team that they're really going to struggle to be able to do their part in terms of being able to reach this total. And I do think that Brian Bellow could be able to give a little bit of a better start here for the Boston Red Sox. I do think that this is a Red Sox team that they're going to be hungry in this one, no doubt about it. They wind up losing their first two games in rather convincing fashion against the Blue Jays. Now, you can take this one of two ways with the Blue Jays. They wind up having that first game win of a 28-5. So, hey, you're able to say it's been 32-5 to over the last two games for the Red Sox. You can also say that you wind up holding down the Toronto Blue Jays to four runs or fewer in one out of the two games in this series as well. So you can have a glass half full or a glass half empty approach with this one. I do think that we've seen a little bit of overreaction as to just the absolute calamity that wound up happening on Friday. I'm going to be taking a look at the under with my DK Nation pick with the Blue Jays. I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 138 with them with the minus 145 that we're now seeing coming onto the board. I think that it's starting to get to a little bit of a point of no return, but that said, I would rather be looking at the Blue Jays right now, hoping for a little bit of a line move downward, though. I don't know if that's going to be coming with the way that this series has been going. If not, we might be taking a look at the Red Sox if we wind up getting north of, I would say, about a plus 138 in that plus 140 range as well. So going to be gauging some late-night line movement there, and we've seen this game start to come onto the board as well. The Rays and the Royals game for Sunday. This is 921-922. Jeffrey Springs going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays, and Chris with a K. Bubich is going to be on the bump for the Royals. And the Royals, they find themselves anywhere team plus 125 and plus 135 underdogs. And going to be finding the race pretty much across the board. Anywhere team minus 140 and minus 145 with a total of nine. And when it comes to the race, I want to saying them as more around a minus 150 favorite because Chris with a K. Bubich has already had two starts this year in which he did not get out of the first inning. It has been a really bad year. For Chris Bubich, north of a 7 ERA at home, giving up a little bit over a home run and a half for nine innings. Command has not been there, a little bit over four walks per nine innings. And for Jeffrey Springs, he began the season out of the bullpen. He was a little bit more of a long guy for the team. Never really had a ton of starting experience just throughout his entire MLB career. And he's come in and he's looked relatively solid for the Rays. And Got to figure that the Rays are going to come out relatively hungry in this one after they wind up losing in Luis Patino's start on Saturday. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a good bounce back spot. The Rays certainly have not been necessarily lighting the world on fire in terms of their offense, but 
I do take a look at the way that Jeffrey Springs has been able to pitch and to be able to do a very solid job for the team as he has allowed three runs or fewer in all but one of his starts thus far this season. And he has been seeing a little bit of regression recently. Three plus runs given up in each out of his last three starts, but certainly has been able to do a solid job in terms of being able to limit the walks. 2.1 walks per nine innings right around 10 punch outs per nine. The 1.4 home runs per nine innings, that is a little bit of an issue, but for the Kansas City Royals, They've got just one guy in the lineup right now because Salvador Perez has been dealing with an injury that has a double-digit amount of homers. That's Bobby Wood Jr. It's been a Royals team that has really been having a little bit of a tough time putting up runs in general, and it is also a Royals team that the bullpen, it has been far from terrific from this team as right now they are currently dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA that is at a 460. Josh Samouts is coming off the injured list. It's not as he looked like himself. Scott Barlow has been relatively solid, but Jake Brents was a good cog for the team last season. He has been nowhere to be found due to injury and Amir Garrett. Got north of a 6 ERA thus far this season. And then when you've got guys like G-Man Choi along with a Harold Ramirez doing such a solid job of being able to on base. Harold Ramirez hitting above a 300 G-Man Choi. They will give you right around 375 on base. Rays should be able to put themselves in relatively good standing here. I am going to be taking a look at the Rays on the money line. I was willing to lay up to a minus 150. And I did wind up setting my troll at a 9. Rays have been dealing with a couple of injuries in terms of their lineup, especially with Ronda Franco being out. And I do think that Springs going to be able to hold down the Royals. So looking under and looking at the Rays. And we've got you covered with a little bit of everything here on VSIN all throughout your day on Sunday. We've got you covered on the Major League Baseball betting board. And We've got you set for the upcoming football season as well, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Before you place your next bet, visit vsin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tool. And don't miss our unique tool. And don't miss our unique tool. And don't miss our. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.